Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on sportstalksc.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk with Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on sportstalksc.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network on this football Friday night in South Carolina. We are in Nashville, Tennessee, where the South Carolina Gamecocks are preparing to take on Vanderbilt tomorrow night. The Gamecocks going in as a favorite, looking to bounce back from that loss last week to Missouri. We'll see if the Gamecocks can play some better football tomorrow night. They need to come out and play very solid on offense and be very strong on defense against the Vanderbilt team that really is a little bit better, I think, than their record indicates. And getting both of their quarterbacks back healthy now will be a bonus for them, I think a big question mark for South Carolina is going to be Marshawn Lloyd and his availability tomorrow night. Shane Beamer said on his calling show last night that he's still questionable. And historically, typically, when Beamer identifies somebody as that, the player doesn't usually play on that Saturday. But even if he's able to play, he may be limited. That won't be good for the game to actually need him because he's the one guy that can give them some sort of a running game and with the running game, they can uh, hopefully get the uh, passing game going with Spencer Rattler. Meantime, Clemson's up at Notre Dame. The Tigers heading up there this afternoon, getting ready for their big showdown with the Irish. And for Clemson, of course, every game is a playoff game as they try to win and stay undefeated and stay in the top four of the college football playoff rankings. They'll face the Notre Dame team, which is certainly capable of beating them at Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend. And they are, that's a team that has overcome kind of a slow start. Of course, they had the opening season loss to Ohio State, had the embarrassing loss at home to Marshall. But since then, they've played pretty good football. They have a backup quarterback working for them in Drew Pine. I think Clemson defensively will really cut it loose on Pine tomorrow night and see if they can rattle him and make him uncomfortable and uh, see if they can get D.J. Uyangale back playing at the level he was playing at prior to the game against uh, Syracuse where he really struggled and they had to go to Jade Klubnik in a backup role. I don't think they want to have to do that uh, Saturday up at uh, South Bend. Their hope is, of course, they can get the running game going well with Shipley and then have um, Uyangale play his normal game and uh, – they can uh, they can go ahead and, and claim another victory. This is probably the last major hurdle for Clemson for an undefeated regular season in a spot in the playoff 
Of course, they still have to navigate an ACC championship game. If things worked out well for them, still have to navigate an ACC championship game, probably against North Carolina in Charlotte. So, big game for Clemson tomorrow night up in Notre Dame, and we'll see if the Tigers can handle their business. Uh, last night, I was over in uh, Conway watching Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State. We'll hear from Jamie Chadwell, head coach of the Shauna Clears, as they picked up a huge win at home last night against uh, Appalachian State, a team that has been a thorn in their side. However, it's only the second time that Coastal Carolina has defeated Appalachian State. And, they, it, you know, it was a really good ball game. 35-28 was the final score. Coastal nearly let it slip away. They were heading towards a comfortable lead, and then they fumbled the ball, turned it over. Appalachian State went down and scored quickly. They turned a 14-point deficit into a 7-point deficit. Uh, Coastal was headed towards a 21-point lead uh, until that uh, fumble. Uh, and Appalachian State went down and scored and cut back to uh, seven points. So awesome. we'll hear from Jamie Chadwell, get his thoughts about uh, that win last night and what it means for his program uh, as they are, you know, rolling towards uh, a showdown for the uh, Sun Belt Championship and a spot in the Sun Belt Championship game. Uh, as things stand now, they would play Troy in that championship game, but they still have a couple of more league games to deal with and, um, we will see uh, how they handle things uh, going down the stretch. 35-28, that final score last night for um, for um, uh, Coastal Carolina. And they had almost 500 yards of offense. It was um, right around 500 yards until they took some losses uh, at the end of the game as they were taking a knee. They finished with 476 yards. Uh, Grayson McCall was 18 of 26 for 253 yards and two touchdowns. And... Um, Jared Brown is, uh, I'll tell you, they had a real gutsy call. They were up by a touchdown after having that turnover and had their two-touchdown lead cut to one. They were facing a third and a long situation, and uh, Demi Chadwell called for the killer shot, and McCall hit up with Brown for the, um, for the, for the touchdown. I think it was Brown. Uh, he had one of his receivers down the field um, for a long reception. It wasn't a touchdown. It was a long reception, I think. Anyway, gave them a first down. They went on and scored, and that really turned the momentum back their way. So big play there, nice throw by Grayson McCall, that particular uh, situation, and uh, they win the ball game 35-28 in front of a record crowd of 21,224 there at Brooks Stadium in Coastal Carolina. I mean, the place was absolutely uh, packed to the gills. In fact, Chris Bergen is with us now. Bergen was on the sideline last night taking that all in in Conway. That was a heck of a performance by the uh, <laughs> Shannon Clears to get only their second win against Appalachian State. That's sort of been the team that they've had the most difficulty against uh, since they've joined the Sun Belt. Uh, Appalachian has owned. They, they were 7-1 and one going into last night. It was Jared Brown on that uh, third and 11 play from uh, Coastal's 24-yard line, picked up 47. They were able to run out the clock afterwards and, and seal that victory. But uh, just a remarkable atmosphere last night for Coastal. They, I, I can't imagine anybody in uh, Teal Black and Bronze was upset with the way things unfolded last night. And they're, they're clearly in the driver's seat now in the Sun Belt East. They've got two games left to go. They play Southern Miss a week from Saturday and then wrap things up uh, in terms of uh, conference action on the road at James Madison, which actually might be more difficult than their game in between Southern Miss and JMU, which is actually a road trip to Virginia 
for uh, for Coastal, and that actually may be a, a situation where it could help them in terms of uh, being the uh, G5 qualifier for the uh, New Year's Six Bowl to give them a chance because I think Coastal's better than, than Virginia. It would not shock me in the least if they go out to Charlottesville and beat UVA, and that would be a, sort of a feather in their cap, and, and JMU is not eligible to uh, play in the Sunbelt Conference title game because they're making that transition from FCS up to FBS. So really, if Coastal wins this coming Saturday against Southern Mississippi, and that will be no small task, but Phil, if they pull that off, they're going to be representing the East Division once again in the uh, Sunbelt title game. Well, again, great show for them last night. Huge crowd, and uh, the Cavalry uh, Chanticleers uh, continue to play good football, except for that one hiccup uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, they have played really good football for the most part. And i tell you what was also impressive, too, Chris, the fact that they had to do this on a short week. They had to go up to Marshall. As you well know, you travel with them. They had to go up to Marshall and play uh, you know, the thundering herd up there and got a hard-fought physical win and then had to turn right around, go back to work on Sunday on a short week and get ready for this outstanding Appalachian State team. Be able to hear this when we uh, run some of the postgame audio from Jamie Chadwell and all of his audios up on our website at sportstalksd.com. But, Phil, he talked about uh, how focused his team was. He told them all week the one key component to that ball game is going to be making sure you keep your emotions in check. They all knew how important that game was to defeat Appalachian, something they have not had a whole lot of success against and they seemed focused from the outset. And he talked about coming back Sunday. Got back in about 2.30, 3 o'clock from Marshall on Saturday night, Sunday morning, depending on your perspective. And they went right back to work that afternoon. They came back over to the football uh, complex, and he said nobody complained about being tired. They understood how important that game was on uh, Saturday, uh, excuse me, on last night, on Thursday night. And uh, they looked the part. The, the one thing that concerns you, if you're a Coastal fan, is their, their, their ability uh, or maybe inability to put teams away after a, a terrific start. They've been really, really good in the first half offensively, and they kind of cooled off. Last night, they did a much better job of taking care of business in the second half. That third quarter, I'm not sure I've ever seen. Phil, in, in your long history of covering college athletics, can you remember one team only having four plays in a quarter of football? And not necessarily facing maybe a, one of the military academies. Not that I can recall, no. That's what happened last night. Coastal sucked the air out of the game in the third quarter. They possessed it on their opening drive for eight-plus minutes and then held. And I thought that was one of the early signs that Sean Clark was starting to panic as the head coach at Appalachian. They went for it on fourth and two up near midfield, didn't get it. Coastal got the football right back and ran out the entire third quarter. They had only four snaps for Appalachian in that third quarter, and Jamie Chadwell talked about that last night. He felt like that was the determining uh, factor in that ball game was their ability. Even though they didn't score in the third, they were able to possess the clock and, and run out Appalachian, a team that, that really relies heavily on their run game, averaging over 200 yards a game. They just didn't have enough plays last night to be able to establish that. But I will say this. And I've seen Chase Bryce now play twice in person against Coastal. How in the world he could not get on the field at a place like Duke and stay there? I, I get it at Clemson because of what they recruit in terms of that position at quarterback. But Chase Bryce is an outstanding quarterback. And some of the throws he made last night, Phil, I, I thought were NFL-caliber throws. 
And there were NFL scouts in attendance last night. I had to kind of maneuver around those guys from the Texans. The Panthers had a, a scout there last night. They also had the uh, Patriots in attendance last evening. The uh, Chargers were there last night. I think uh, maybe looking more so at some of the defensive players, in, including Gerard Clark of a Coastal who's got the build of an NFL player. But I, I, they had to be impressed, I would think, from an NFL standpoint of what they saw from Chase Bryce. Okay, very good. We'll talk more about the college. We got high school football playoffs beginning tonight around And so uh, here we come back. We'll be in Shelton, get David Take on the opening round matchups in the playoffs around the state. And we'll have our football filibuster at the bottom of the hour. Lee Sterling with professional help. And then in uh, the second hour, Jeff Owens as we wrap up the NASCAR season with the championship run in Phoenix on Sunday. And, of course, George Bryan on golf. We'll get the break. We'll be back. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Think big. Life-changing. I'm talking education. Inventive. Next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? <laughs> right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win.
Back we are Sports Talk on a uh, football Friday night presented by Founders Federal Credit Union. And you need to join us. If we get some time, we'll squeeze in some phone calls here tonight trying to reconnect with Corn up in Nashville, Tennessee as he gets ready for USC and Vanderbilt. Coming your way tomorrow night, of course, also tomorrow evening as well. Notre Dame and Clemson. Your thoughts on those ball games? Certainly welcome up on our phone lines at 888 2525 Again, 888 2525 That's our Sports Talk South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. And did you know that since 2002, more than $174 million in lottery proceeds have been used to purchase, maintain, and fuel over 2,000 school buses in South Carolina. You can learn more about the South Carolina Education Lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash educationwins. Playing for fun is a win for education. The football filibuster coming up in a bit. Corn stuck us with some tough games. Do you take Tennessee because they're probably the better team, or do you give Georgia the benefit of the doubt in terms of uh, the uh, spread because they're at home? How about LSU tomorrow against Alabama? Can Alabama cover a two-touchdown spread? We'll get into that just after 6.30 tonight, but I believe we have uh, David Shelton on the line who joins us each and every week during the uh, high school scoreboard show. Do we have David with us, Graham? Uh, just corn. So corn, you back with corn. us? <laughs> no, not a, not that was not to be offensive. Just corn. We can call you J.K. Moving forward. Hey, just corn is enough sometimes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we are back with you from Nashville, and yeah, it's an unbelievable uh, weekend of college football. In Isn't the meantime, it? we'll wait for um, Graham to get uh, David on the line with us. But I mean, you got, of course. Uh, Tennessee, Georgia, you got Alabama, LSU. Uh, just to kick things off, traditionally, Miami and Florida State would be an eye-popping game this weekend. They're not back to that point yet where they're catching everybody's attention, but uh, that would ordinarily be a, a heck of a ball game. Um, let's see what else uh, jumps out at you this weekend. I, uh, you know, Kentucky, Missouri, and that's not a big game nationally, but I think that's going to be a pretty good game based on what we saw from Missouri last week. And if Kentucky gets back to where they were before their, uh, their little slide here, um, Florida at Texas A&M, you know, two teams kind of playing it out this season, looking for better things in the future. Uh, Liberty at Arkansas. Now, here is Liberty. Uh, this might be an um, opportunity for Hugh Freeze, even though he just signed that new contract at Liberty, that five-year deal at Liberty, he's being talked about with that Auburn job. He goes in there and beats Arkansas, Chris, and that's really going to raise his profile once again. But can he be touched again by an SEC team? That's a great question. I would think the answer is no. I, I thought Liberty took a major flyer on bringing him in. But had you told me that come November the 5th that Arkansas and Liberty would be facing and one team would be ranked, I wouldn't say it would have been Liberty. The Flames have had a, a terrific season, but what has happened to Arkansas? Phil, that's not the same team that we saw week two just uh, mash up South Carolina, run all over the Gamecocks, and do whatever they wanted to. I'm, uh, that team is an enigma to me. I, I'm just stunned at, at Arkansas taking the first part of the season when we thought they could be a really, really good team and a, a potential rival in the SEC West for, say, Alabama. But they have certainly not lived up to the hype as the season has moved along. Oh, I, I agree. They look like uh, world beaters when they when they played the Gamecocks. Uh, I was out in Arkansas. They, you know, KJ Jefferson, 
I looked like a, a man among boys out there. They had a great running game against the Gamecocks. Um, they looked really, really good. And they got off to an excellent start. It looked like they were going to have a, a, a shot at being um, a contender in the West. And then I think it was, I'm um, trying to pull up their schedule, I think it was the Alabama game. Obviously, Alabama can do that to you. Uh, see, Arkansas beat Cincinnati. They beat the Gamecocks. They beat Missouri State. Oh, it was Texas A&M. They lost that game to Texas A&M. And then they lost to Alabama. And then they lost to Mississippi State. So, And they lost that game to Texas A&M. I believe they missed a field goal at the end that would have won it. And um, that's just sort of turned their entire season. Thought that uh, they were going to have a chance to have a great year. But um, you know, now they're kind of rebounding. We'll see what they'll do tomorrow. They beat BYU. And then they won at Auburn and looked pretty good doing it last week. So uh, let's see if they take care of Liberty. If Liberty really is a nationally ranked top 25 team, uh, we'll get an idea of that tomorrow in Fayetteville. And if Liberty happens to pull off the win, I'll tell you what, they will uh, become an after Q freeze in a a big, big way, (laughs) I I would think, if you can get past everything that happened to him at the end at Ole Miss. Well, and also, I think if you're a Coastal Carolina fan, you want Arkansas to just blow those guys out of the uh, window tomorrow and just blow through them because that takes another sort of group of five team uh, away from, from your chance to get into a New Year's Six Bowl. After last night's win, you're probably staring up still at, at the Tulane's and the uh, UCF's of the world, but uh, Liberty's sitting there as well. So you, uh, a longtime rival of the uh, Shauna Clears, so that's one team you'd like to see go away. And if Arkansas takes care of business tomorrow at home on homecoming, you, you feel pretty good about your chances at, at least getting one of those three teams out of the uh, out of the mix. Yes, absolutely. Now, as far as the ACC is concerned tomorrow, we look at uh, what's going on around there. And, um, of course, the Clemson-Notre Dame game, not a league game, but has, uh, you know, a tie to the, to the ACC, of course. And Notre Dame spent that one year playing in the ACC. Yeah, Wake Forest at NC State, a couple of teams that had um, really high hopes, but they've taken a couple of losses. You feel bad for NC State, at least I do, because they had a really good team, and they lose their quarterback. And, I mean, they they just weren't ready. They they didn't have a backup ready to go. Uh, Maybe they have found their guy now. We'll see. But Wake Forest, with their two losses, the one to Clemson, of course, then the one last week to Louisville, that was – inexplicable them losing to Louisville the way they did. And that just, you know, really knocked them down. So they're a pair of six and two teams, two and two in the league, just kind of playing for a bowl placement. Syracuse the same way they play at Pitt. Georgia Tech is at Virginia Tech. Uh, North Carolina at Virginia. They're the Tar Heels at seven and one and four and oh in the league. And then and Duke plays tonight at Boston College. And Phil Jerkovic is out tonight. For Boston College, their starting quarterback is out with an injury, so he's not going to play. As far as the uh, schedule around the state, besides um, the games we've mentioned, and Coast winning last night and Furman is off tomorrow, so you got Wofford playing at Western Carolina. Terriers going for a third straight win. Uh, Presbyterian will be home to take on Dayton. It's South Carolina State home to take on Delaware State. That game's going to be on um, – one of the ESPN channels, and Mike Morgan is doing the game in oh, Orangeburg. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure which one it's on. Maybe the U, but it's on one of the ESPN channels. Uh, Charleston Southern hosting Robert Morris, and Newberry will be at Wingate. Uh, Newberry, uh, boy, that's a tough loss for them 
to Limestone last week, but a great win for Limestone. Limestone has had a great year with Coach Furry back in charge. Uh, they have won six games, and um, they play Barton at home tomorrow, and then Emory and Henry, they might end up with an eight-win season. Don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, the Citadel hosting UT Chattanooga. I think it's homecoming for the Bulldogs. Uh, Erskine, homecoming for them. They're hosting Emory and Henry. North Greenville plays it shorter. And then Benedict, trying to complete that perfect 10-0 regular season, will be playing their uh, neighbors across the street. They'll be playing at Allen. That game, I think, will be played at Westwood High School in Columbia. Okay, we'll hit the break, and we'll be back. Football Friday night. Phil Kornblut here in Nashville. Chris Bergen back at the Bergie Palace in Sardis. We have Graham Pope sitting in for Pat Daniel. Hopefully Pat's going to be up in South Bend tomorrow. He's a little bit under the weather, fighting it a little bit. He feels okay. He'll be up there in uh, South Bend tomorrow. I'll be here at uh, Vanderbilt watching South Carolina in Vandy. But right now, it is time to welcome back in to uh, Sports Talk. For their weekly visit, two of the great political minds and football thinkers of the modern era in South Carolina, welcome in former Governor Jim Hodges and current Attorney General Alan Wilson. Gentlemen, it's great to have you. Governor, how are you, sir? I'm well, Phil. I'm up at the Little Biltmore in Asheville this weekend, so looking forward to watching some football. Nice, nice. Sounds good. Good time to get away during election season. Uh, Governor Wilson, I want you to know, I mean, Attorney General Wilson, I want you to know that uh, I voted earlier in the week. And, of course, your name came up on the ballots. I noticed that you were unopposed. So I wrote in my name just so you wouldn't be you wouldn't be declared a unanimous winner. So there'll be at least one vote against you. You know, you know, I was talking to my wife earlier tonight, and I think she voted for you too, Phil. So you might wow. get at least two votes in this race. How about that? Impressive. Can't be too hard. I mean, how hard is it to be a, a, an attorney general? Is it a real hard job? Oh, it's piece of cake. Everyone loves you. It's great. You should do it sometime. Yeah, right. Okay. I do have a quick question, though, for Governor Hodges, sort of off the football standpoint of things. Governor, when you were running, what was the weekend before election uh, the elections, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, the midterms and, and that type of thing. What, what was that weekend like for you? Um, you know, it was it was an incredibly busy one. There was a, you traveled around the state to lots of different, a lot of church visits on Sunday and Monday. Mm -hmm. Ironically, Tuesday was not too bad because you, you voted and you know, everything was pretty much baked. So you were checking on uh, how things were. But the weekend before was pretty stressful and pretty busy. It's kind of like Phil, if I'm not games. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, that's what like what? It's kind of like picking these games you talk about it being stressful. We were pretty baked last week when we picked, I think. So. <laughs> no Go ahead, Chris. Then. You had something? Well, I was going to say, and if I'm not mistaken, Phil, you, you may have actually seen him. I think Governor McMaster was at the uh, Coastal uh, Appalachian State game last night. 
you know, I did not see him. I, I know a, no, a more powerful figure than the governor was there, and that was Kerry Tharp. That, no question. But I did see him. Did, did not know that Governor McMaster was, was there. So, okay, uh, let's get to our picks for this week. Gentlemen, last week both of you went two and three. So, Governor, you're 24 and 21 after 45 picks. And, uh, General, you are 21 and 24. So we will let you go first, General. See if you can make a bit of a move here. Let's begin with Florida State at Miami. At home, the Hurricanes are getting seven and a half points. General, what do you think? Well, listen, I think Florida State will win. But since we're picking on the spread, give me the points on Miami. I think Miami, if they're going to lose, they're going to lose within a touchdown. So I'm going with Miami. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of lean that way too. Uh, Governor, what do you think? I'm going the opposite. Miami can't score. And uh, I think Florida State will be able to. So I'm going to take Florida State. Florida State, very good. Governor, let's get to a couple of the real big ones from a national standpoint here. We've got Alabama going down to Baton Rouge to play LSU. Home team is getting 13 and a half. Yeah, this is not quite the same Alabama team. I mean, they're obviously very good, but there's just something wrong here. Um, I, I think uh, 13 and a half is too many points for for this game. I'm going to – Alabama's going to win, but I think it's more like a touchdown. So I'll take uh, the Tigers and the points. You got the points. What do you think, General? I'm with the governor on that. Give me LSU. You want LSU as well. Okay. Over in Athens, the uh, matchup you – know, how often – you know, Tennessee's the number one team in the country in the first CFP ranking, yet they're the underdog. I was trying to think. It, it can't be many times where the number one team is an underdog in their next game, but that's the case here. In Athens, Georgia laying eight, and um, General Wilson, what do you think? You know, I don't know who's going to win, but I do think it's going to be close, and I think Tennessee is good enough to keep it within a touchdown, so I'm going to say Tennessee covers. Don't know that they'll win, but they'll cover. Tennessee taking the eight, Governor? I think the general's right on that. I, yeah, eight points seems like a lot. I mean, it, it, they could blow them out. I mean, Georgia could blow them out. But I just think Tennessee's going to find a way to keep it close. Uh, and uh, so I'll take the points. You want the points as well, both of you taking Tennessee. Okay. Let's go to the game here in Nashville. Could be wet. Supposed to rain here in middle Tennessee tomorrow. That system that's moving through the middle of the country is going to get into Tennessee, and we may have some rain during the day. Uh, might carry in to the, uh, to the evening, 7.30 kickoff in the east, 6.30 here in the central time zone. Uh, the Gamecocks are favored once again, Governor. They did not uh, play well as a favored team last week at home. What do you think? They're laying seven. You're the master of the understatement. Mm. <laughs> they were awful. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely dreadful. Uh, on offense and defense, the offense has caught it. Sheer grief. The defense wasn't so good either. Um, I'm going to take the Gamecocks. I think uh, Bell will probably either carry or catch the ball 30, 30 times tomorrow. Um, and his mother will be happy, I might add. So um, I'm going to take um, I'm going to take the Gamecocks. Taking the Gamecocks. Okay. General, what do you think, sir? I was talking to a friend earlier today, and I, I think Marshawn Lloyd is questionable for this game. And tennis, uh, Vanderbilt is far better at stopping the run, but they're not very good in their pass defense. And so I think Carolina might have to go to the air a little bit more, might be overthinking this. 
Also, it is hard to root against the Gamecocks, so I'm going to go agree with the governor and say Carolina covers. Just with the heart. You're going with the heart, saying the Gamecocks will win by uh, seven or more. Of course, they only beat Vandy by one point last year. Um, but, you know, you made some good points. I don't think Lloyd's going to play based on what I read from what Beamer said last night. Whenever he says a guy's questionable, I've never seen a guy play when he's called him questionable. Now, maybe he's going to give it a shot tomorrow night, but he'll be less than 100% if he's able to play. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wonder about the Gamecock mindset going into this thing. You know, how, uh, how focused are they going to be? Um, they're going to have to generate their own enthusiasm, uh, their own um, – the energy and that sort of stuff in a stadium that won't be rocking and rolling. So uh, we'll see. Let's go to Clemson at Notre Dame uh, general N- Clemson at Notre Dame. Uh, Tigers trying to stay undefeated and stay in the hunt for the playoffs. And they are laying three and a half on the road to Notre Dame. Um, I'm going to go up the Tigers. Any particular reason? No, um, honestly, um, I, I was looking at Notre Dame's record. I think they're two and two at home, and I think they had a, at least one or two pretty big losses at home. And so I, I don't really follow their program as much. I follow Clemson more closely because they're hometown. Uh, but I, I think Clemson is, is motivated, and I'm, I think they can cover three and a half. So I'm going to go with Clemson. Okay, Governor? I'm picking Notre Dame. I, the weather is going to be really bad, so it's probably going to be a low-scoring game unless there are some turnovers. And it's like with 40, 40 mile an hour winds and in the fifties with uh, uh, with really bad weather, rain. So I, I think Notre Dame's going to keep it. It's what three and a half. I think Notre Dame is going to keep it to a field goal or less, and I'll take them. So you're taking the Irish, okay? So you guys are differing on two games: Notre Dame, Clemson, and Florida State, Miami. Let's go to amendments. And the general, since you're behind, we'll let you make any amendments that you care to make. There's three games you can look at, USC, Vandy, Tennessee, Georgia, and LSU, Alabama. I, I think I'm going to hold. I'm good. Okay. Governor? Me too. I think um, I mean, we've got a couple of games different. I, I, I feel comfortable with the picks, and I think we'll have a good contest this week. Okay. Well, I'm going to break some news right now. I am going to be the first to declare Attorney General Wilson – the winner of his race against a, a bag of rocks. <laughs> and matched him up against a bag of rocks. And you, sir, I declare you the winner. So I declare that Alan Wilson will retain his, uh, is it called a seat? No, it's called a, uh, an office, attorney office. general's office. He will, he will well, retain I, that. I've been, hearing about this, uh, I've been hearing about this dark horse, uh, corn blue character coming up. <laughs> and so I'm a little nervous. So. Well, I told you there's a write-in campaign that I started uh, back on like Wednesday or whenever it was that I that I voted. So, gentlemen, we thank you so much. Have a great uh, rest of the election season, and thank you for joining us tonight. Good luck. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Attorney General Alan Wilson, and former Governor Jim Hodges with us tonight. Twenty-four, twenty-one. The governor, twenty-one, twenty-four for um, Mr. Wilson. As for the uh, sports talk. Pick them challenge and where things stand at this point. So, who do we have leading the way? You know, it's been a big week for Smitty, first of all. No doubt. First of all, we have to offer congratulations to uh, Smitty uh, for the arrival of his uh, brand-new baby girl. She dropped in last night, Zora Carr Smith. 
And thank goodness she looks like Clarissa and not uh, Smitty. Well, that's that's a given. <laughs> she is cute. Well, yeah, she so can cool. Be. She really is. I mean, cute she is she gorgeous. Can be Zora yep. Carr Smith arrived uh, last night. So congratulations to Smitty and Clarissa for the uh, the new baby girl that they have to uh, to play with. And on top of that, Smitty continues to lead in the uh, Sports Talk Pick'em Challenge. He had a five and zero week last week. That's the first this year, isn't it? I don't think we've had somebody go perfect for the week. No, I think Dr. Rick went perfect Dr. one okay. time. And I want to say Fran Halloran, the money coach, went perfect. We've had two or three perfect weeks uh, so far. And so Smitty had one last week. So he is 30 and 15. He stands alone at the top of the heap. Uh, following him would be uh, Bobby Harton, the big kahuna. He went one and four last week. So he is at 24 and 21. Uh, in third place would be me, your humble host. Even though I went one and four last week, I'm 23 <laughs> and 22. Next, we have um, Alan Smothers, the bad boy. Four and one last week, he has climbed to 22 and 23. Then we have a tie at 21 and 24 with Pat, uh, Kev Cohen. They both went two and three last week. And um, the money coach, Fran Halloran, 21 and 24, he went uh, one and four last week. All right, that takes us to Jim Corbett. A two and three week makes him 20 and 25. Then we have Teddy Hefner, one and four last week. He is 19 and 26, along with uh, Mr. Bergen, two and three yes. last week. You're 19 and 26. Terrific week. Terrific week last week. Yeah. You're getting on. You're, you're getting on fire. Uh, then Turn we in have. The um, then we have. Let's see. We have uh, at 18 and 27 is Dr. Rick. He's really fallen on hard times. One and four last week. He's 18 and 27, and once again residing deep in the basement. Pete Yanity. Pete Yanitator. Three and two last week. A winning week improves him to 16 and 29. Okay, so shows you where he's been. As for this week. As for this week, I am going to go Clemson. Give me Clemson, lay the points. Give me Vandy in the points. Taking Tennessee. Yeah, I'm taking Tennessee. Give me Tennessee with the points. Give me uh, LSU and the 13 Mm. and a half. And give me Miami at home at seven and a half. Okay. You're taking the Tigers. You're taking Mm -hmm. the Gamecocks. You know, it's interesting, though, Phil. Uh, Governor Hodges brought up a really interesting point. I pulled up the weather forecast for tomorrow, and it's going to be miserable out there, at least at kickoff. They, they may get about a quarter of an inch to a half an inch of rain and winds gusting at 40 miles per hour. But the, the point that he probably overlooked is if that's the case, Clemson just needs to lean heavily on Will Shipley and Phil Moffa and just run the ball right down Notre Dame's throat. But the problem is Notre Dame's going to try and do that exact same thing. Yeah, except so they if don't the weather's have the bad, it'd be Clemson curious. Has. They don't yeah, have no, the they don't. You're front right. That Clemson has. I, I think a sloppy game is in Clemson's favor. Yeah, you know, I think they'd be more. I think they'd be more than happy for Uyangale to throw it 10, 15 times, run it, give it to Shipley, give it to Maffa, um, and 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 line up and play power football with Notre Dame if it's if that if that's the condition. So you're taking um you're taking Clemson, you're taking the Gamecocks, you're taking Tennessee. You're taking LSU. You're taking Florida State. Correct. I guess 
I think that, that that's who he's taking. I know it's correct. That is what who he's taking. Uh, Smitty is taking Clemson and the Gamecocks in Tennessee and LSU and Florida State. And let's see, I just got Pat's numbers in here just a moment ago. Uh, let's see, Pat is going to take the Irish. Going to take the Irish in the points. It's going to take the Gamecocks. See, the reason I'm taking Vandy is, I mean, I don't know that South Carolina can score enough points against Vanderbilt, uh, against anybody now to cover seven points. You know, after what happened last week and as dismal as that yeah. offense looked, till they show me otherwise. Um, and I think Vanderbilt's going to give – offensively, I think Vanderbilt might give South Carolina a little bit of a trouble, some trouble with their two-quarterback system they can run out there. Um, they have some good, some good skill position people as well. Uh, and playing at home, and having two weeks. I see all that in Vandy's favor. Uh, let's see, Pat is taking Georgia. He's taking Alabama. He's going to take Miami and the points. Okay, let's see who else we got here. Um, Kev Cohen's going to take Clemson, the Gamecocks, Tennessee, LSU, Florida State. Uh, Fran's taking the Tigers, the Gamecocks, Tennessee, LSU, Florida State. And Teddy's going to go with all the home teams again. Teddy's getting lazy. Just taking the home teams. <laughs> Notre Dame, Vandy, Georgia, LSU, Miami. And let's see. Uh, Smothers has got Clemson, Vandy, Tennessee, LSU, Florida State. Pete's got Notre Dame, Gamecocks, Tennessee, Alabama, and uh, Florida State. I just had a couple of the other ones uh, come in to me. Let's see if I can put my eyes on them real quick. Um, Jim Corbett is taking Notre Dame. South Carolina, Georgia, LSU, and Florida State. And Bobby, to round it out, Clemson. He's taking Clemson. Gamecocks, Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida State. Let's hit the break, Steakman. And while we hit the break, we'll dial up um, Lee Sterling, get our Sterling picks for the night, see what he's got, our professional help coming up. He had a great week last week, and he's got some big news to share regarding the NFL and a special that he's got related to NFL picks. That'll be coming up after this break here on Sports Talk. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Hi, I'm State Treasurer Curtis Loftus, and I've got a great gift idea that requires zero shopping, the gift of college savings. Future Scholar, South Carolina's 529 College Savings Plan makes it easy. Grandparents, friends, and family can all contribute to a Future Scholar account and know that they're providing a gift that will last a lifetime. If you're looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, look no further. Learn more about the smart, easy way to save and give this holiday season at futurescholar.com. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR Major. It's always a good time for folks to remember to get those licenses renewed. Doesn't matter what time of the year, it's always a season in, whether it's fishing or hunting. Make sure to check your licenses, make sure they're up to date. If you need a hunting or fishing license, you may go to www.dnr.sc.gov 
to purchase your license online or to any local licensed vendor in your local area. And don't forget to join us for SC Wild from DNR with Major Billy Downer on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible. Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life. Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states. governor and the attorney general on their picks for this week now it's time to get some professional help as we welcome into sports talk once again from paramountsports.com he is of course the one and only lee sterling a one and two week for us last week but more importantly lee you hit on your big nfl game of the year last weekend yep uh came through for us and i don't know if this ever has happened in the last decade our college game of the year uh is in is this weekend never can't remember the last time we've had a back-to-back weekend so uh hope to continue on this run we've won 10 out of week since the started 10 of the last 12 weeks since the start of the preseason let's see if we can uh, keep rolling absolutely uh tell folks where to go to get all your stuff over the weekend while we're talking about it just go to the website paramountsports.com uh we don't call it november here we call it november there's games every single night uh, this month, remember, we've got action going on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. So uh, you want to get involved with us, uh, 297 through the end of the month, ParamountSports.com. Okay, 54 and 18 on your 40 to 50 unit plays the last 12 plus seasons. So that's pretty doggone good. Let's go to your games for this week. We begin with the big one over in Athens. Now, When's the last time the number one team in the college football playoff ranking was an underdog the next week? Has that ever happened before? I I went back 10 years and I couldn't find it. Here's what's crazy. It really doesn't matter where you are from one to six, one to seven. As long as you win out, you're going to be in the comp, the national championship uh, semifinals. So uh, I think everyone's going to be tuned into this game because they want to see Tennessee's offense, which against their top three opponents, LSU, Alabama, Kentucky, Average 45 points against last year's number one defense, and this year Georgia's number fourth-rated defense. So I think Georgia's been game-planning for this game for probably two, three weeks here. I think they've got the players, scheme and coaches here that can not stop but maybe slow down this Tennessee offense. This isn't a five- or a seven-game series. It's just one game here. And uh, Tennessee's defense concerns me here, ranked number 82nd in the country. If Georgia's offense plays anywhere near what they did opening week against Oregon, I, I think that they're going to run away with this game. I still think it'll be tight for a while, 
but I think the Tennessee defense cracks Georgia by two touchdowns, 48-34. It's something Whoa. to note also. 81% of the bets are coming in on Tennessee, but 62% of the amount wagered is coming in on Georgia. So fewer people are picking Georgia, but they're putting more money on Georgia. That's it. Maybe the Sharps. How about that? Okay, let's go to South Carolina, Notre Dame. Gamecocks favored by seven. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Spencer Rattler doesn't start off well or throws an interception the first two series. Uh, If he doesn't start, uh, uh, if they don't bench him. So Vanderbilt, they've got quarterback problems also. They started A.J. Swan uh, in their last game, and they ended up bringing on uh, Mike Wright. So, you know, I think that both teams might go with a hot hand here, but I'm impressed with the Vanderbilt defense. They held Missouri uh, to 308 total yards here. I think this line's too t- uh, too big here. I think South Carolina wins the game 24-21, but Vanderbilt covers. Oh, okay. Well, the Gamecocks would be happy just to get a win. Clemson right. at Notre Dame. Tigers are favored by three. Yeah, so Notre Dame – their, their method of playing football here, especially on offense, last six games, smash mouth ball. Uh, strong running attack. They rotate in three different running backs using quarterback Drew Pine, who used to be the backup. Uh, he's now the starter, but uh, <laughs> he can only throw the ball underneath the NFL tight end future uh, guy, Michael Mayer. I like Clemson. I think they win this game easily 30 to 17. Tigers to roll. Okay, your game of the week is Alabama LSU. They can get that at ParamountSports.com. As always, we appreciate it, Lee. We'll talk to you next week. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Number two of Sports Talk here on this Founders Federal Football Friday night. Chris uh, Bergen over in the uh, Sardi, uh, the Sardi, yeah, the Sardi, the Sardi area. <laughs> the Bergie Palace in Sardis. My, my brain is pretty much washed out from being in Conway last night and in Nashville tonight. And I am I impressed with your travel. The, uh, well, I do have to ask you, though. We've got to yeah. get you a better travel agent, though, to go from Columbia to uh, Conway, back to Columbia, and then up to Charlotte to fly out to Nashville. We've got to yeah. find you a better travel agent than the uh, Corn uh, Airways. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. The private plane was booked <laughs> for this yeah. weekend, so I had, to, yeah. I had to fly commercial. <laughs> you know, but I too have a little touch of what's uh, going around. Billy Baker, high school sports report, normally covers games on Friday night and checks in with us. He just notified me he's got the flu. Uh, oh my Pat's gosh. been battling some stuff. Yeah, it's been... everybody's sick. I've got yes. half my family that's under the weather. The only yeah. two people that are healthy in my house are my uh, my dog Finn and me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't talk about it too much because you you'll be next. You know. And I've gotten every shot in the world, so I'm hoping that at least uh, See, that's know, the problem. it's paying off. <laughs> I'm hoping it's paying off by keeping it at a minimum. I mean, all I've got is the sniffles and some congestion, no fever, nothing, no body aches, nothing like that, just a little congestion. But it's a, it's a pain, if, as you might imagine. Uh, we've talked about everything except high school football tonight. 
let's go and welcome let's in our man, David Shelton, of the High School Sports Report, Charleston Post and Courier, and, of course, the best in business as we move to the to the playoff season, David. Time to get down to serious work. We've um, gone through all the so-called pretenders. Now we got the real deal out there for the most part. There will be a bunch of blowouts in the opening round of the playoffs before we get to the real, real deal. Uh, but as we look at the brackets, starting in 5A, you got any particular games that jump out at you? Uh, it's going to be a lot of blowouts. I can tell you yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I mean, one of the – one of the better matchups, really, is down here where I'm at. Um, Ashley Ridge and Cane Bay are, you know, two teams with seven or eight wins apiece, and they played earlier in the year. Cane Bay won that one. They played last year twice, and one was overtime, and one was won by a field goal. So this is kind of a series that's kind of kind of been very competitive. So, you know, I, I think this, this first-round game in 5A is, you know, now the winner will probably have to go to Sumter and, that may be a problem, but but I think this one's going to be a very competitive game. Okay, I see one that might be kind of interesting in 5A. How about Burns going to Hillcrest? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Burns is a team that's coming off a big win, uh, has played well lately. Hillcrest only has the one loss. Um, I think they lost to Tio Hanna and, uh, and have been in the top ten all year. Both these teams really are kind of top ten caliber teams, Um and Hillcrest quarterback Bennett Judy is a really good player. Uh, so there would be some points scored in that game, I would imagine. Okay, let's go down to 4A. And, Before we do um, that, Phil, if you don't mind, yeah. I do have one other in 5A in the upper sure. state. I wanted uh-huh. to get David David's take on Clover and Dorman tonight. Depends on which Dorman team shows up. I mean, I, I, I think they're the better team. Um, but if they don't play well, Clover is good enough to beat them. Uh, personnel-wise, I like Dorman. Uh, they just, you know, they, they haven't. They, they kind of faltered here at the end of the regular season. Um, so we'll see what they, what they bring tonight. But like I said, if, if they don't bring their A game, Clover is certainly capable of beating them tonight. Okay, to 4A, David. And what about um, Wilson? You know, a lot was expected of Wilson, but they're in that really difficult region, and they're going to play uh, AC Flora tonight. Of course, Flora is very, very good. Um, you think Wilson can give them any kind of a battle? No. To be honest, I, I mean, I, I think maybe they could score a couple times, but uh, AC Floor is clearly the better team, has had the better season. Um, it's clearly one of the top two or three teams in 4A, so this would be a tremendous upset. Wilson won some games early, and they do score some points on occasion because they, they kind of throw it around a lot on offense, but that's not going to work tonight against AC Floor. Okay. Looking at the 3A bracket, and, uh, you know, in years gone by, we'd look at Dillon and Marlboro County and say, oh, boy, that's going to be a great matchup. But, uh, you know, Marlboro's dropped off. Dillon is still Dillon. So, on paper, uh, historically, great matchup, but not so much in uh, real life anymore. Yeah, I, I, Marlboro just doesn't have enough uh, offense to, to keep up with Dillon. They're not bad defensively. But uh, Dillon's at another level right now uh, than Marlboro County, so I would suspect that game will will not be very close. Now, we talked all year about how balanced and how deep it is in two-way. So does that mean we've got some intriguing first-round matchups in two-way because the, the depth of the quality of teams is, is pretty good? 
nothing that jumps out. I mean, I mean, it is a, it is a deep, but it's deep after the first round. I mean, these first round games are are. I mean, there ain't gonna be very many upsets. Now, a three could be the two. I don't see anywhere any bracket where a four is gonna be the one, unless you know the flu is just whipped through a team that we don't know about. But uh, you know, I, I think two A has several. When I say deep, it's got several teams that are capable of winning state championships. That does not mean that there's gonna be a lot of threes beat twos and fours beat ones. It's not that kind of deep. It's deep in the championship level type teams. All right, and let's take a look at the 1A. You're right. Basically, for most of these teams, it's a glorified home game, right? It gives them a chance for another gate. Uh, that's why one of the reasons why they expanded the playoffs so they could get another gate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, money money is important. So, you know, you can have a game and get 1,000, 2,000 people there paying seven, eight bucks. You know, that's a pretty good night. I mean, the high school league can get their cup, but that's still a pretty good night. But uh, it's not going to make for, you know, great entertaining football. But because, you know, a lot of these communities, it don't matter. if You know, if you're Abbeville and you're playing at home, it doesn't matter who you're playing. They're going to they're gonna show up. So they're not going to look at the schedule and go, ah, we'll skip this game because that other team's not very good. No, those, those type programs, the people are going to show up because they love their teams. Yeah, you're exactly right. They're going to be there. As I look at the 1A pairings, I don't know. Uh, I like the Latta-Bamberg-Earhart uh, matchup. That's a lot of history there going back between those two schools with um, the coaches over the years, but on the field maybe not so much. What about MACB and Christ Church up there in the upper state? Well, Christ Church is really, really good. Uh, MACB's got a, a competitive team. Uh, again, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough points. They're not going to shut down Christchurch. Um, and that game has the potential to get away from Macby, but uh, they just got to find a way to score touchdowns because Christchurch is going to find a way to score several touchdowns. Okay, David. Well, we'll see what happens. Look forward to having you with us tonight on the high school scoreboard. We'll see if there are any upsets. Like you said, don't don't plan on it, right? Don't look for anything eye popping tonight. That'll start maybe next week. I mean, I hope I hope there's a couple of them where we can have something to talk about, but but I don't expect any. Don't worry, I'll create something to talk about. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Thank you. Talk to you. Thanks, David. All right, David Shelton of the High School Sports Report, the Post and Courier the Prep Red Zone, and, of course, most importantly, Sports Talk and the High School Scoreboard. Don't forget the High School Scoreboard tonight will come your way at uh, 10.05, and we'll have the High School Scoreboard every way, the rest of the way through the high school playoffs up until the Friday night of the championship weekend in December, and I believe that is going to be on December the uh, 2nd. Friday, December the 2nd will be the last High School Scoreboard show. Hey, before we uh, switch gears and go to racing, I do want to uh, play some of the Jamie Chadwell. So, Stakeman, if you'll, uh, yes, sir, if you'll pull up the uh, audio from Jamie Chadwell last night, uh, Chris, I'll let you lead into that because you were in the room with the coach and the media as they were discussing that uh, scintillating victory over Appalachian State last night. Well, before we get to that, I wanted to echo uh, David's sentiments. I've had friends of mine tell me that this round of the playoffs, the first round, is basically just week 11 of the regular season. I really understand how important it is to get playoff gates and the amount of money that's pumped in for football really probably translates more so for athletic departments at the high school level than anywhere else. 
but we've got to go back to what the what COVID forced us to have. We've got to go back to putting the top two teams in your region, and that's it in the playoffs, because you immediately run into games that are that are important. They matter. The regular season matters. I mean, I'll take the region that I'm around. Region six four A got all six teams in the playoffs. So tell me, Phil, why the the regular season was important in that league? Couldn't tell you. Every team, single team won or got into the playoffs. Several of them with playoff, one region playoff win. Playoff seating, playoff ranking, playoff seating. It's it just makes zero sense. And I'll go back to something I've said for years. It should be hard to win a, a state championship, a national championship, a, a Super Bowl title, but it's not in high school football, and it's a, it's a shame because it's so watered down the regular season, and it's a shame. If we go back to what we were forced to do back during COVID, and go to the top two teams in every region, get in. And if you want to add some wild cards to fill out the brackets, I'm okay with that. But there's no reason on this earth that one region in our state should get every single team in there. I don't, I don't care how good that region is and presumed is. And it probably is with the exception of, what, Region 2 5A, probably the best region in the state. It shouldn't get all six teams in the playoffs. It just shouldn't. Well, I think they had to for balance purposes to be able to fill out the field. Then we have too many teams in the playoffs yeah. is my point. Can we get to uh, Coach Chadwell? <laughs> All right, I will hop off my soapbox now because they, they don't listen. They, it falls on deaf ears. But, yes, uh, last night, Coastal with a, a terrific win, just their second victory over Appalachian State and now nine tries, 35-28. So big that afterwards the uh, fans and students stormed the field. Jumped down onto the uh, surf turf at, at Brooks Stadium after the win. Terrific ball game. And following the contest, head coach Jamie Chadwell met with the media and was obviously extremely pleased with his team's play, but also the environment in which they played. Yeah, let, let me say that uh, our crowd was awesome. Uh, I mean, it was a uh, an, an electric atmosphere from pregame on. Our, our student body was here. They stayed throughout. It, they were unbelievable. I thought our, our, our fans that showed up. What a... What a great opportunity, uh, regardless of the outcome, for Sunbelt football, for Coastal, obviously our university, to be able to showcase that type of um, play. Uh, there was both championship programs going at each other. To be able to do that on ESPN, have a record crowd, that was awesome. Was, and you want your players to experience that. And these guys have earned that. And uh, for them to have that experience, uh, worthwhile. And for us to uh, you know, win the game, obviously it was a big game. You know, we've, we've uh, uh, you know, the last two weeks, uh, We've sort of found ourselves while we play a little bit. We lost it, I think, a little bit in the last two weeks. We've really played some good football. I told the team in the locker room, we don't make things easy. You know, I mean, we're up two touchdowns there and could probably end it, and we fumbled and made it a tight game, and then we have to make a dang cop a play on third down. But uh, I thought the difference in that game was uh, I thought our defense played well. We had to stop the run. We sold out for that. We gave up some big plays, but they, they, didn't, they didn't let them get going in the run game. And in the third quarter, uh, we kept that football uh, almost 13 minutes. They had four plays on offense. And so uh, when you can do that, now we only scored seven because we missed a fourth down, but then we get the turnover right after it, uh, you know, right after we score there and really give us a, a, that, that cushion. And when we got that cushion, that was a big deal there. So I thought the third quarter was the turning point of the football game as far as us taking control of it, getting them tired down. And, and, um, but I thought, I, thought, uh, I thought we played well in a lot of ways. We missed some passes. We had some big plays that, I mean, if you watch it, we probably could have had. 49, 50-something points if we'd have made the catches that we had and some of those throws that we had. But pleased with the victory. It's hard to win. That gets us, uh, you know, one step closer. We're, we've got a, we got a one-game lead right now going into this weekend with other plays and, and with, with two to go, you know. And if you'd have said that 
uh, if you'd have told me that in fall camp after all the injuries and the different things that we had, I'd have took it. You know, I'd have took that. And so we got a long ways to go still, but um, proud of this team and the way they've come together uh, after you know after uh, you know two three weeks ago when we looked like we were the worst team in football. Can you sense, Coach, that you guys were really locked in and kind of focused in that first quarter, especially after Jared had that huge run? And at least from what I saw, it seemed like you guys were really locked in and focused really in that first quarter. Yeah, I thought, I mean, a short week, we get back late, you know, <laughs> excuse me, Sunday, um, and they were, you know, they're tired. And we, but they were locked in from the moment we got back. The moment we got back and we came, they came over here Sunday, there was not, oh, I'm tired, this or that. They, they knew the importance of the game. Uh, we also know we thought we let one slip away last year. A couple calls went against us that hurt us, and we didn't play the way we, you know, we thought we were better last year than them. Okay, there you go. Some of uh, very happy Jamie Chadwell. Following the win last night, uh, of course, they uh, get a little bit of a break here, a few extra days to get ready before they go to uh, Southern Miss for their next Host. game. Right, Chris? Host Southern Miss. Host Southern Miss. Yes, sir. Oh, so another home game. Then. Yes, and then they crowd. wrap. Should have a big crowd for that one. Gosh, I would hope so. And then they'll host, uh, or excuse me, they'll go to Virginia and then James Madison to wrap up the uh, regular season. All right, gotcha. Real quick, just a couple of recruiting notes brought to you by Seawells. Don't forget to check out the daily luncheon buffet every day next week, 11 to 2. State man, if you haven't been out there, i got to take you out there so you can enjoy the daily luncheon buffet at Seawells. And for the best in the catering business, dial them up at 803-771-7385 online at sewellscateringsc.com. USC women got a major commitment today, 6-3, Chloe Kitts of Orlando. Uh, she picked the Gamecocks over a national field, and uh, she's considered a very big-time prospect. In the, on the men's side, 6-3 shooting guard Mike Williams of Baltimore going to announce Sunday at 3 o'clock uh, Clemson won the six finalists. In fact, it appears to be either Clemson or LSU. Those appear to be the top two uh, with him. 2027 infielder, outfielder, Mac Morris of Taylors. He committed to uh, South Carolina. The Gamecocks are building a 2027 class already. That's uh, two, I think. And in football, Gamecock target athlete Isaiah Johnson of Richmond was offered by Wake Forest. All right, there you go. Some quick recruiting notes here on Sports Talk. We'll come back after the break. Jeff Owens will join us as we go round and round at NASCAR one more time. The championship four set to run at Phoenix on Sunday. Get his thoughts on what happened last weekend and what to look forward to this weekend. That's coming up next. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. 
The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue, we're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at scattle.org. Beef. It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Love it when it's fall wide. Love it when it's fast. Love it when the leaders call the pack is moving past. Love it when they make you lots and lots of noise. Can't wait to hear these loving you say. One final time this NASCAR season. Let me thank you, first of all, for being with us. 36 races throughout the season. It's a grind, but here we are. We've made it to the end. Before we talk about the end, what did you think about Ross Chastain last week? <laughs> wow, that was uh, that was wild. Everybody in auto racing is still talking about that. Uh, just an incredible move, something I've never seen before. I've been around the sport probably 30 years now. Never seen anything like that. Um, it reminded me of stuff you used to hear about, uh, hear about guys like Dale Earnhardt or Junior Johnson doing back in the 70s and 80s. Um, but, yeah, a tremendous move. Uh, you know, it's what he had to do to get into the chase or get into the final, the championship race. And he pulled it off. It was a, a video game type move, and it is it has really been the buzz of the sport this week. And and I would say that one move probably did more for NASCAR for their exposure and and publicity uh, this week than they've done all year. Uh, yeah. Just a tremendous move, and uh, now he's in the finals. So it's pretty awesome. I'd say it was similar to the pass in the grass in the All Star race by Earnhardt many years ago that had people talking for days and weeks. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good comparison. Uh, just a you know type of thing you never see anybody else even think about doing. And he not only uh, thought it out and pulled it off, he pulled it off, and uh, it was just a tremendous move. And uh, reminded me a little bit of uh, Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch bumping and banging on the front stretch uh, down at Darlington. A little bit of that, except this time he's bumping and banging the wall. So. Uh, just a tremendous move. Two great performances last week. I mean, Christopher Bell, too, uh, stepping up and, and winning that race to make it to the finals. So definitely some great stories among the four guys that are going to race for the title on Sunday. And, Jeff, before we get into the uh, guys who will be running for the championship over the weekend, wanted to get your take on the news from Petty GMS today that uh, Jimmy Johnson is going to enter ownership with them in, in, in terms of some agreement and is also planning to compete in a limited Cup Series schedule next year. Clearly having Jimmy Johnson back in the sport is a good thing, but overall, how big a deal is this? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's great, Chris. You think about it, there's three drivers in the history of the sport who have won seven championships, and two of them are partnering up to own their own race team. I think that's just outstanding, and you got a, you know, uh, several eras ago with Richard Petty, and then you, and you got the guy who most recently dominated the sport. I think that's great for the Petty team. I think it's great for Jimmy Johnson. It'll be great for the sport to see him back in a car at Daytona. I think he's going to run about eight or ten races. Kyle Busch even hinted today that he may put uh, Jimmy in one of his trucks for a couple of races next year. That that would be interesting. But I think it's a great move for the sport. It's going to be great to have Jimmy Johnson back in the uh, garage and partnered with a name like Richard Petty. And I think it'll help that race team. Uh, they've got a couple of young drivers in Eric Jones. They're adding a second car next year for Noah Gregson, who's been the biggest star in the Xfinity Series this year. And then they're going to add a part-time car for Jimmy Johnson. So I think he will help that team a lot. Uh, particularly ment- mentoring those two young drivers. All right, Jeff, we got 30 seconds, man. Who do you like to, on Sunday to win it all? Well, that more that's a tough question because I think it's wide open. I think any of those four guys can win it. Uh, I think you favor Jimmy John, uh, Chase Elliott and uh, Joey Logano a little bit just because of their experience, but certainly we saw Christopher Bell has won two big races in the playoffs to get to this point. I'm going to say, based on experience and probably having the best race team in the garage, I think Chase Elliott's going to get it done again, win his second championship, but any of those four guys could win it. My friend, thank you so much. Have yourself a great uh, weekend, a great offseason. We'll talk to you again soon. We'll be right back. football scoreboard coming your way at 10.05 tonight. We look forward to bringing you all the scores from the first Friday night of the playoff action in the high school league and Skeeza. David Shelton will be along to join us as well. Right now, however, we turn our attention to the great world of golf. And for that, we welcome in once again our good friends. First of all, George Bryan III. George, welcome in, sir. How are you? Oh, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. What a beautiful day. I hope you're good. 
hanging in there, hanging in there, got a little bit up the, uh, of the, of the cold thing going Do you, how did golfer, I'm watching the PGA guys today. They're playing, I think somewhere in Mexico or something like that. I think I caught that. And, uh, they all look so healthy. They all look like uh, nothing, you know, ever bothers them. How do they do that? Well, I'll tell you what, you could not have teed up Tsunami Robbie any better. I'm going to defer to our fitness expert, Tsunami <laughs> Robbie. Welcome to the tee. How you doing? Hey, glad to be with you guys again tonight. What a wonderful day, just as you said, George and Phil. I hope you feel better soon. And um, and you're right. You know, watching these guys on the PGA Tour, a friend of mine, this goes back a couple of years, um, who we fished together a good bit, and, and um, he, he gave me a call. He said, you know, I went. it might have been Hilton Head. He, he went to uh, the, um, the the tournament at Harbortown, and, and uh, when he got back, he said, you know, there wasn't anything but a bunch of flat bellies out there. I mean, what's going on? I thought golfers were different, uh, but it was he was had that old school thought in mind. Now they're they're – fit, uh, they're strong, they're mobile, agile, and hostile, and they can take the ball deep and they can get it in the hole. So, um, yeah, fitness is a big part of it. Nutrition is a big part of it. And, uh, and then these guys have a team. They've got, they've got uh, their own physical therapist there, or they go to the trailer and uh, get worked on there. They've got a mental, mental coach. They've got a nutrition coach. They've got massage people. They've got the whole team around them now. So they cover all the bases. But fitness and nutrition is a huge part of it. Well, the tsunami bar technology is something that the golf world is gradually finding out about. Football world, they already know. It was invented, the tsunami bar was invented in the Clemson weight room back in 2011 and 12. And now the football teams aren't real quick to get out and start bragging about what they're doing in any part of their game to prepare. But Tsunami Robbie, talk a little bit about them. I and you've seen Wesley train over at the Tsunami Bar Training Center. Talk a little bit about the technology and how it might help help the golfers out there. Yeah, the golfers, uh, you know, they're all looking, you know, precision. It's a precision game. and uh, But part of that precision, uh, it has to be long, too, uh, for the way these courses are, are built today. Uh, you know, 7,000 yards when I first got started was probably, you know, the, the, the outlier. You didn't see it that much. But now 7,000-plus yards is no big deal. And um, everybody's expected to hit, um, you know, on the competitive level, they're expected to take an 8-iron 190 yards, um, uh, you know, if they got the right elevation and maybe a little wind assist or hard and fast conditions. But still, that's going a long way. When I got started, you know, 145, 150-yard 8-iron was great. Um, but um, it's not like that anymore. And I know there's club technology and ball technology that goes along with that. But that fitness technology, and uh, we've got some with the Tsunami Bar, that flexible bar technology from a weightlifting bar that you can add plates on just like you do a standard 45-pound Olympic bar. You can load it up with 600 pounds, or you can go to the – the, the easier, milder side of the flexible bar technology and still get a fantastic benefit that really fits a lot of the other sports like golf, possibly soccer, tennis, baseball, where you can continue to get strength and power by adding that speed element. And uh, that's where the, the flexible bar technology really shines. Uh, you can do reps and sets, or you can do under time, under tension, active tension, as you like to say, George, 
and get a great benefit uh, with your workouts uh, without getting that muscular and skeletal abrasion that we're so used to seeing uh, with the standard way that we've been doing it. And I'm a living proof of all that abrasion with the surgeries and aches and pains that I have for being under that bar for so long. But we've got new technology now, works great, and I use it every day. Well, uh, you can check out the website right there. In fact, I thought it was really cool. I started listening. When I get out of service, I start listening to your to the show on the website. Now, tonight's a little different. I'm uh, actually down in Savannah, and the uh, uh, was with Wesley in the first round of the Corn Ferry Finals. Uh, Scott Stevens played right in front. Scott had a great back nine, shot three under uh, par, but um, – Wesley Wesley had a rough day, just opening day though, and and but one of the things you can do is access. You can take a look at what Tsunami Robbie's talking about. Just going right to the Sports Talk website, Phil. Uh, shoot out that um, what's what's the call? How do you find well, very, very what you are choice. doing with it's, Tsunami Robbie? It's SportsTalkSC.com. SportsTalkSC.com, and we are rotating videos of Tsunami Robbie showing us how to use the uh, Tsunami Bar, uh, and also, what do you call it? What's your nickname for that? Uh, well, that's well, we, got we the, use the forty-seven from heaven. The, the forty-seven from heaven. Yeah, <laughs> yes. the forty-seven from heaven. You can see. Um, you can watch Robbie. Show us in, in short clips, 25, 30 seconds, short clips on uh, how to use it and how it can uh, help you in, you know, develop or maintain or improve certain areas of the old body. And when you look at Robbie, you can tell that it works because, I mean, Robbie, you know, you could play middle linebacker, I think, right now. If your knees were any good, you could play middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Well, I could I could play for their uh, their senior team, <laughs> but you know I tell you what, uh, going to that back to that product real quick. Uh, you know we've got uh, classes beginning on Tuesday night, starting this Tuesday, and that'll be a great introduction for people that are interested to see what this technology is all about. And there's going to be a heavy dose of the 47 from Heaven and the uh, 63 inch multi sticks. Uh, we're going to do a lot of that. It's really for, it's called Golf Impact Conditioning on the website you can sign up there uh tsunamibarsports.com and um and see what it's all about you can come for one class or you can sign up for you know a group of um george could probably give you better information than i could three four five six classes but um yep uh, tsunami robbie will tsunami robbie uh will be handling what we call the exercise and the golf specific exercise and then i'll take it from there with the golf specificity training so we have tools like that 47 from heaven, it's 47 inches, about the size of an umbrella, fits in the golf bag, and you can get a great warm-up or even a workout, a training session in with that product. But there's also other golf-specific tools like the Laginator that we'll be integrating in. And the focus, as it's called, is impact conditioning. And I tell you, y'all were talking about length. And what I saw today with these young fellows, they're – the Corn Ferry Qualifier, just a little background on what that is. The, uh, so the PGA Tour, in order to get the PGA Tour, at this point, you have to go through what we call the AAA, the, the minor leagues of golf, which is the Corn Ferry. So this, the college kids are coming out. They go through two stages to get to the finals. And once you get to the finals, almost everybody here will learn 
some status. And they'll take 25, first 25 will get exempt status, the next 25 will get uh, some conditional. But these are young, the youngest players out. These are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Uh, a lot of the foreign players, they do not go to college. So you do see the 18, 19 year olds. And let me just tell you, they absolutely hammer the golf ball watching balls to. 220 into the win and the kids hitting, you know, six irons, seven mm. irons. I, I don't get that. It's, uh, it is beautiful to watch. Hard to wrap my head around it, but the, uh, uh, this just first round, it's an odd, odd Friday start. And we'll talk more about it <clears throat> next week. They play two different golf courses. You, you alluded to the PGA Tour event, and it's pretty cool to see Russell Henley leading, and I'm sure you've already covered that leaderboard. Before we get further into that, the uh, – I have, I oh, have I like not. I have not done the leaderboard. Can I do the leaderboard well, real quick? Let, let me jump in and at least recognize uh, some juniors. Andrew Gregory okay. wins fall, fall challenge. And let me see. Let me go over to the, uh, to the girls. We have Olivia Roberts. She wins on the girls' side. Congratulations to these two junior players. And that's the William Strength Garage Gym Pro Shop Junior Golf Report. So now we can talk about the pros. Russell Henley's on top, and I'll let you take it from there, Bill. Yeah, do we consider – I mean, Russell used to live on Daniel Island. He went to Georgia. Uh, but we, we considered him a state player because he was living on Daniel Island. But does he still live there? Or has he moved back into the state of Georgia? He moved back to Georgia, and he's one. Of, he's uh, I happen to know him, and he lives in uh, Columbus. But we can claim him. I mean, these guys live all over, and they his wife's an artist, and they spend a lot of time in South Carolina, Charleston, and, and the uh, – so Russell's like family, and absolutely okay. we can claim him. Okay, well, he's at 16 under, a pair of 63s. They're playing, by the way, the Worldwide Technology Championship at Maya Caba, which is in Riviera Maya, Mexico. If it's got Riviera by the name, I've never been there. So it sounds like a nice place, George. <laughs> it sounds nice. Sam Ryder <laughs> is at 13 under. Will Gordon's at 13 under. Uh, Patton Kazir is at 12 under. And then as far as uh, some of the others that we follow, Matt Kuchar is at nine under. Colin Morikawa is at eight. Scheffler is at six. I was um, actually watching uh, the Golf Channel, and they had an interview with Scheffler's college coach at Texas. And he told the story about he was talking to some of his players one day a few years ago. And he's, you know, he was running out of players, I guess. Maybe he was running out of great players. And he was talking to his guys, and he goes, guys, what? Who's the next great player? I can, you know, we can go recruit. Who's the next one in the around Dallas or whatever, around Texas? And they said, well, there's this 12, 13 year old guy named Scotty Scheffler. You might want to go check out. Turned out pretty good. Um, wow. Carson Young, five under, 67. Lucas Glover's at four under, pair of 69s. And Ben Martin, 77, 67. Ten, ten stroke swing there. And he's at uh, at plus two. Is there a cut in this event? Yes, the cut is minus yeah, he, four. Yeah, Ben did not make the cut, unfortunately. Lucas made it right on the number. And Carson the, Young the is ageless one, wonder. Carson Young is one better than the cut. I mean, one better than uh, Lucas. Yes. How old is Lucas now? Let me. 
How, well, he's got to be pushing Luka. what? 40, what, 43, 44? <laughs> he is 42. He's quite there. He, he is he is forty two. Graduated from Clemson in two thousand and five. Hey, while you're while we're looking at that leaderboard, I noticed uh, Harry Higgs. He is playing in that uh, category that he. Pro- I'm not sure if he got a sponsor's exemption, but he is definitely not an exempt player. And I noticed he's playing pretty good and in the mix. And if you make the cut on the PGA Tour, you are definitely uh, in contention. Russell's out there, got a pretty good lead on Sam Ryder, three shots on Will Gordon. Will Gordon is uh, somebody to take a look at. This is a big boy and hits it a long way, and he's a fine young fella from Vanderbilt. So I I think he ended up being the player of the year on the Corn Ferry last year. And – he is absolutely – he's fun to watch. So, it be fun watching him on TV. Brian Harmon, I noticed he's at 10 under. Great golf course also for Brian. And I do appreciate you keeping up with these South Carolina players. And, unfortunately, let's see. Who was I looking at? Um, as we were following, I, did, I noticed he did not uh, – well, I'm having a brain cramp. Uh, right here. It happens all the time. Yeah, it happens frequently. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, i tell you what, I, I don't need to talk about somebody who didn't make the cut anyway. I'm pulling for these guys, and it breaks my heart when these, these local guys don't make the cut. But I watched um, – my heart was just uh, – I think I left part of it out there on that golf course today. The golf course got the better part of Wesley and and uh, started off rough at seven over. It doesn't it, – he, he's going to have to – Kind of like he said at lunch, he goes, well, if I didn't think I could shoot 20 under from here on, I think I, I don't think I'd be here. I think I can do it. So we'll have to wait and see. Well, you know what? That's a never, never give up attitude. Let me mention this, George. A, a recent tournament in the SCGA was uh, at Mount Vintage. Uh, the 2022 WSCGA SCGA Mixed Team Championship. At Mount Vintage, have you checked out Mount Vintage before? Yeah, it's a beautiful golf course. It was playing difficult, and I thought we talked about it a little. You know what we we did talk about it. I'm not sure we finished up, but uh-huh. Meredith well, the and winning Donald team. Taylor, Taylor did a did a good job defending. Well, on in the championship division, the championship division, it was uh, Catherine Sheely and Freddie Henriquez taking home the win. And like I said, congratulations. It's very difficult to to defend in golf. And the brother and sister team of DT, Donald Taylor and Meredith Taylor, they did a good job. They came one shot short of defending their championship. Yeah, they tied for second. They tied for second with uh, Spencer Skiff and Nabila Inak. While you got that pulled up, go ahead and recognize the uh, the senior division. Since uh, you're talking to one, two, Robbie is tsunami. Robbie and myself both are in the senior category. Phil, you are oh, yeah. too. <laughs> well, I mean, you're only a senior if you, you know, think like a senior or act like a senior. But anyway, <laughs> if you want to be identified as a senior, we do have the results from the senior division, and so the w- winner was. Um, 
Rich Houghton and Jeannie Atkinson. Does that ring a bell? And Rich, Tsunami Robbie, Rich trains right there at the Tsunami Bar train, Training Center also. Look out. I did not know that. Absolutely. He's uh, in great shape. Takes, he's one of those uh, seniors that's a flat belly. Takes great care of himself. He's got a great golf game, obviously. We do have a lot of uh, a lot of locals uh, in the Columbia area that uh, come to the Tsunami Center, train with uh, KT over there, and and uh, KT is outstanding at keeping those guys in shape and and uh, giving them the the physical tools necessary to do what they want to do with their golf games, and they're all very skilled golfers, and and um, and I didn't know Rich was over there. That's that's outstanding. We need a we need a, a records board or a champions board over there so we can put some pictures up. Hey, I think Rich would appreciate that. I think he would appreciate that. And speaking of over there, we uh, there's some exciting things. Uh, the learning center, the facility, the fitness center will be expanded, and more on that later. But Phil, Phil's gonna uh, join us over for you know it's. I, I haven't, I have not known Phil to do it before, but we're gonna be training on the air now. Uh, Phil, have you? ever stood in front of your board taking taking the headset and then trained so you got a lot going on at the same time i mean we get the heart rate monitor going you can use the tsunami bar technology and do your radio show all at once uh you know it's hard enough just to do the radio show <laughs> and keep your and keep your thoughts together versus having you know three though, though at times when you do this radio show you got three or four things going on at one time like we've had tonight um, it's hard to keep your thoughts together, but we'll give it a shot, George. Whatever you want, we will try and do. Well, it's uh, I, Phil. I know your voice, and great job. You are a warrior. I know you don't feel well. I sure hope you heal up. And and uh, until next We're, time, I'm going to go ahead and sign out, sign off uh, for Tsunami Robbie. You all, and this is George. You all tee it high but shoot them low it's a beautiful and weekend let let's go fly. thank you george thank you as always also want to mention uh as we say goodbye to george and robbie on the uh, collegiate scene uh south carolina's gene ziegler tuesday won the daniel island intercollegiate uh, in the team's fall finale he shot uh, plus two to win by three shots the gamecocks as a team finished tied for fourth Behind Mississippi State, Florida Gulf Coast, and Campbell at plus 28. They finished 13 shots off the lead. And Clemson, in a tournament that wrapped up the end of October, uh, out in Hawaii, the Tigers finished second to Oklahoma in the kind of poly classic collegiate. And they finished uh, at minus 29, ordinarily a good score, but Oklahoma shot minus 41. Two. But the Tigers, yeah, that's tearing it up. But they did have the uh, individual champion, and that was Andrew Swanson. He shot 64, 68, 63, 18 under par. So he won the medalist honors there in uh, Hawaii. So uh, the fall golf season on the college uh, scene starting to uh, starting to wrap up now. So appreciate George and uh, Robbie being with us tonight, Chris. And you also hit on two South Carolinians. Andrew Swanson's a Bluffton kid and Gene Ziegler from over here in Florence, Darlington area. So good to see those kids performing well. 
uh, from our state. And again, it's a, a credit to South Carolina Junior Golf and how dominating that 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 whole uh, scenario is. But if I'm picking a sport, Phil, and I'm trying, and I'm a multi multi talented athlete, I don't think golf's a bad route to go. I, I'm not sure that Clemson football is going to go to Hawaii anytime soon. No, I mean, look, if you're good, <laughs> if you're good in golf, you know, you're going to be in fine areas and you're going to eat the finest food and you're going to, but it's a lonely sport too. I no, mean, no look doubt. At, for example, look at Wesley Bryan. Here's a guy that's a, a PGA Tour winner. You know how rare that is? Not only was, is he a PGA Tour winner, but the year that he won, uh, he was one of the hottest names in golf for a while. You know, he can, he contended at a lot of places early in the year, and then he won at Harbortown. Um, and then he had injuries, and now look at him. He's, he's trying to fight his way back. It's, oh, yeah. It's a tough it's thing. Tough. I mean, you're there, and then, then you're not. We see golfers all the time. We hear about them. We hear about them, and then, poof, they're gone. You know, that, it's, and it's just – think about this, Chris. You know, the, the, the margin of error from being great in golf – to just being good and not making mm-hmm. much money, but being great. The margin of difference there, the margin of error, very, very small. You know, One shot, maybe two per of, round? Well, I'm just talking about hitting the golf ball. It's a matter of just oh, yeah. being off a few millimeters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you're just off that, that little bit and you can't fix it for who knows how long, you know, you'll fall off the planet in the golf world. So, okay. I um, want to thank Steakman Graham Pope for sitting in for uh, Pat Did an awesome job. tonight. Fantastic, holding things together. And uh, reminder, we'll have the high school scoreboard tonight, 10.05. No high school game for you tonight, huh, Chris? No, sir. I will not be on the high school scoreboard tonight. Sockesty did not make the uh, 5A playoffs. And judging by the fact that there may be late first quarter and Somerville already leads some, uh, excuse me, Somerville already leads Gap, uh, Conway. I'll get it right in a second. 21 yep. to nothing. I'm kind of glad that uh, Sockesty didn't have to deal with those guys or perhaps Fort Dorchester. I'm afraid we're going to see a lot of those kind of games I would tonight. Agree. A lot yeah. of one-sided scores tonight. But we'll be here 10.05 till midnight, and we will have reporters from around uh, the state, and we'll have David Shelton to break it down. We might even be able to grab a, a happy coach or two. But this is the, the drive to the championship weekend now, much like NASCAR. We've got the dra- drive for the championship weekend beginning in South Carolina tonight with the high school playoffs and, of course, heading to a championship weekend that first weekend in December, and we look, we're looking forward to it. Uh, be sure to follow us tomorrow. I am here in Nashville to cover South Carolina Vanderbilt, 7.30 Eastern time, 6.30 local time. Uh, we cross our fingers and hope that Pat Daniel is feeling well enough to be on the scene in uh, South Bend for Clemson and Notre Dame uh, tomorrow night. Otherwise, we'll, uh, we'll arrange something else. So hope he's feeling better. We're both kind of fighting a little bit of a um, – of the of the cold that's going around, I hope you don't get it, Chris and um, uh, Steak Man. I hope you guys stay healthy. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm trying to take some vitamins as soon as I'm done. Now, I think what you have to do <laughs> to stay healthy, you got to go lock yourself in a closet, <laughs> and and in that closet, you have to put up all kinds of um, you know material to block the outside air from coming in, <laughs> so you don't inhale it. Well, until 10.05 tonight for the High School School Board, we thank you for being with us tonight here on Sports Talk. Thank you, Steakman. Thank you, Chris. Everybody have a great weekend.